Everybody's getting set. It's horror movie week this week on AMC, and all kinds of networks have got their uh, Halloween specials coming on, the Charlie Brown and, and whatnot. Kids are getting their costumes ready. I posted a great picture of a kid wearing a Gord Downey costume on my Facebook page yesterday. He had the Jaws t-shirt, the hat, the scarf, and all that. I thought that was really cool. Uh, so... This is a story that happened to me in 2004, so it's 14 years past the original story, which I told last week. It happened in 1990. Are you guys all ready for this? I'm ready. Uh, Bring it on. Dave and Jeff and Jerry in here. So in the aftermath of the first story, I moved into an apartment on St. James Street. Ironically, the address was 666. And I thought, oh, what a great idea that is. Uh, and, and for about a year after the first experience, I could have sworn I saw things happen and whatnot. But I thought at that point, I'm just pretending. I'm just fooling myself. I'm seeing things that aren't there. And, and then gradually you go back and you start living your life as you normally did before all this happened. But then in 2004, I was living out east in Kingston and dating this girl, uh, Linda, who lived in a very old home. And we'd been dating for about six months. And one day, she said, let's have a big barbecue tonight. We'll invite some friends over, blah, blah, blah. But can you do me a favor and go to the store and grab some stuff? So I went to the store and grabbed some potatoes and filled up the fridge. When I got back to her place, she wasn't home. She was at work. So I was alone in the house. When I got back to her place and started filling up the fridge with groceries, I'm kneeling in front of the fridge, and I felt this weird sensation kind of like uh, a vice but it was all over my body like I, my whole body was being squeezed our sales uh, uh, rep will said like you're being submerged in water as the pressure is getting more and more and more the deeper you go I went yeah yeah just like that my whole body felt like that and it got to the point where I was like <clears throat> and finally I yelled all right knock it off and just like that the sensation of pressure went away. And I said, whoever you are and whatever you're doing, you can just knock it off right now. I'm done with you. And then about a minute of silence, everything seemed to go back to normal. And from upstairs, I heard this... It was a soccer ball bouncing down the stairs and I saw the ball just land at the bottom of the stairs and I went alright that's interesting because there's nobody up there she had a kid Linda did six years old who had all these balls in his room now how could one of these balls just dislodge itself and roll out the door of the bedroom down the hall down the stairs down the other stairs and land right at the foot of the stairs somebody was announcing to me that they were there and so I forgot about that took off went home had a nap came back that night to her place about 6 o'clock and said, listen, uh, I got a question for you. And she looked at me. Okay, what? And I said, um, have you ever <laughs> felt anything in this house before? Anything strange? Anything weird? She goes, oh, you met him then. In the six months we'd been dating, she never mentioned anything about this at all. And I said, him? You know who it is? Oh yeah, that's my grandfather. He's watching over me and uh, I guess he doesn't like you so much. 
And I said, why not? What did I ever do? <laughs> what did I ever do to you? He's just protective like that. So ironically, that morning on my show, I had had a, a psychic on who was from down the road in Belleville. And he came in with his family that night to check out what, what was happening in that house. And again, the first step through the door, he goes, okay, this is interesting. And I went, what? And he says, well, there is an older gentleman here, but there's also somebody else. And neither one of, neither one of them particularly like you. <laughs> I said, what is it about me? <laughs> what did I do? And uh, one of them, and he, descri- he started describing this, this one particular spirit in the house as an older gentleman of about 75 years old with a full head of white hair wearing a plaid shirt uh, and a pair of uh, blue jeans with work boots on and Lisa or sorry Linda said yeah that's that's my grandfather and I've known that for a long time that he was here protecting me in this house but who's the other one and that's when he that's when he went okay uh, he's from a different time period he's from the 1870s he's got a pitchfork uh, he's bald he's wearing overalls he's wearing a straw hat and he, he's a farmer and he does not like you Uh, your boyfriend, or anybody else being around for that matter. So she went and looked up the whole situation and found that uh, that was the first house built on that block, and it was originally a farm, and it was owned by somebody named William Gillespie in the 1870s in that area. And he's still there. And that was it. They did a whole big washing of the house with the spirit and the chanting and whatever, and (laughs) and I was done with that one. And then we broke up six months later, and I don't know exactly what happened. But that's, again, a second experience for me, and I've felt or seen nothing ever since. What do you guys think about There's that There's a one? pattern here. I don't know if I want to be friends with Shadow much longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spirits well, don't like you very much. You know, it's funny that you guys should say that, because as I mentioned, between these two stories, I felt nothing. I didn't see anything. Uh, until that one one episode. And then, years later, have you guys ever heard about orbs? The word orb? Yes, we've heard that. <laughs> no, no, no. The <laughs> orbs, as in ghosts. No. That appear no. as orbs. Okay. Uh, when you take a photo and you see an orb, no matter what color it is, that means that you've got a, some kind of a spirit around you, and it's following you around. And Will, once again, our sales rep, said, look at this picture. I was standing in a graveyard, a uh, picture of his, of his son, and there's an orb right next to him. And that's when he said, okay, we got to get the hell out of here. Because the orb is not visible unless it's a photo for some reason. I don't know why. And the orbs can be anything. They can be fun spirits. They can be warm spirits. They can be evil spirits. They can be demons. But they'll generally appear as black. Oh, and by the way... Uh, Going back to the older story there, the one that happened in 1990, there was a black blob that appeared uh, in that story. I didn't really talk much about that in the telling of the story because of time constraints, but uh, it was pointed out to me by a listener and by somebody who is steeped in knowledge in this particular topic that that black blob that appeared in, in your house, that was a demon, and that's a bad, bad deal. So in a room dark such as this right now, if you see something darker, something moving, get the heck out of there and don't go back, ever. Because that, that thing wants you bad. 
Can we get workers' comp for something like that? <laughs> Only if you stub your toe, break a bone, twist an ankle, that kind of thing. Oh. And there you go. There's the uh, there's the ghost story. Now, do you one. have plans when you move on, Shadow, to come back and do some haunting of your own? Since I don't you... think that's up to me, Bronner. No? What if it is? You don't know. I think you get there and you get the assignment. Oh. <laughs> okay. You're going to be haunting somebody in Elmwood uh, <laughs> on weekends only, and uh, maybe you get the malevolence factor as well. Your malevolence factor is going to be six. No. So not incredibly disturbing, but you want him to know you're there. You're a navy blue blob, <laughs> not a black blob. You're close, but you're not that bad.